It's episode 102 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show. This podcast provides the tools you need to create your own expression of a healthy ketogenic lifestyle so you can stop obsessing and start living. I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. Now let's get on with the show. Before we move on, let me take just a moment to shine the spotlight on another brand I adore that has partnered with the Keto for Women show. Four Sigmatic is the go-to authority in all things magic mushrooms. They believe in the real power of using functional mushrooms, such as lion's mane, chaga, and cordyceps, to enhance people's lives and health, and they've done so through products we're consuming every day, like coffee, tea, elixirs, cocoa, all the good stuff. I have to admit, I was skeptical when I first heard of Four Sigmatic and the mushroom coffees, but I tried out their products anyway because I was also very curious, as I'm sure most of you are, as to the power of these little mushrooms. After just one packet of the mushroom coffee with lion's mane, I immediately understood the power of these mushrooms. I had a different kind of energy, focus, and clarity that I had ever had before with traditional coffees. It wasn't from the caffeine either. It wasn't jittery. I wasn't lightheaded or anxious like I usually get with caffeine. It was a sustained, gentle energy that lasted most of the day. Since that time and me finding that source of energy that I've always wanted but could never get with traditional caffeine, it is now the only caffeinated beverage I will drink. You may already know this about me, but I do not tolerate caffeine at all, and I stay away from it as much as possible because it does give me that anxious, jittery feeling that I don't do well with. But there are times when I just need a little bit of a boost. Either I didn't sleep well the night before, I have something important coming up that day that I need to be really focused on, and this is when I have my Four Sigmatic. Not to mention, it's also super convenient, coming in a tiny little pouch that you just add hot water to and stir. I add coconut cream to mine too and blend it up, and it is an amazing hot beverage that you can take pretty much anywhere with you. Four Sigmatic has also recently come out with a brand new product that I cannot wait to tell you guys about. I've been trying to keep it under wraps for as long as I could because I wanted to make sure it had all the power that I was hoping it would. And now I can talk about it because it's true. They are taking on the beauty and skincare market with their new superfood serum and face mask. That's right. You're now going to put these healing mushrooms on your face. And I have to say they work so well. You all probably also know that I take my natural skincare very seriously, and it does not get more natural than actually being able to eat your skincare, which is exactly what they're doing with this new product line. They recommend ingesting this serum and these masks along with putting them on your skin as the protocol for maximum effect. How cool is that? And I have to say, I've been using these products for a few months now, and my skin has never looked better. It's clearer, it's firmer, there's less fine lines. I don't know how these mushrooms do it, but they really, truly are magical. It also smells really good, it feels really good on, and it absorbs well and quickly. It is awesome under makeup too. It is definitely my new go-to daytime moisturizer. 
And that says a lot coming from someone like me who really, really cares about what they're putting on their skin. And I also live in a really, really dry climate, which it's hard to find things that actually work here in Colorado. And this stuff is it. Whether you're into coffee, tea, elixirs, or beauty products now, Four Sigmatic has you covered. As a Keto for Women listener, you can stock up on all of these healing magic mushroom products for 15% off. Head to foursigmatic.com slash Sean and use coupon code Sean to get this deal. That's 15% off using code Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at foursigmatic.com slash Sean, you guys are going to love this stuff. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back. Thanks as always for joining me on this episode of Keto for Women. Today, we have a very special guest, one interview I want to get into right away. But quickly, before I do that, I just want to reiterate a point that we made in this episode, which is that while we talk about PCOS quite a bit in this interview, this information that Dr. Gersh shares and the advice that she gives is not just for women with PCOS. This is for any female that has hormones, which, hey, that's all of us. So we all need to pay attention to the advice she gives and really take the steps we need in order to keep your hormonal health where it's at if it's already great, which I know for a lot of us isn't the case. If you have hormonal imbalance, these are the steps you need to take regardless of what it is. Take the first step, do what you can, just get started to feel better. Dr. Gersh shares so much information in this episode. She also has a fantastic website with tons of free resources, whether you have PCOS, estrogen dominance, infertility, going through menopause. There's so much great information for menopause on there. And I know a lot of you have tons of questions about menopause. We all will find awesome information on her website that will help us with our health. So please go check that out. Everything is linked in the show notes to this episode. And now let me introduce our special guest today. Felice Gersh, MD, is a double board certified in OBGYN and integrative medicine. She received her undergraduate degree from Princeton University and her medical degree from the University of Southern California School of Medicine. This was followed by a four-year internship and residency in OBGYN at Kaiser Hospital in Los Angeles. More recently, she completed a two-year fellowship program in integrative medicine at the University of Arizona School School of Medicine. She specializes in all aspects of female health with a particular focus on managing female hormonal dysfunctions. In addition to her many national and international speaking engagements, she works full-time as the medical director of the Integrative Medical Group of Irvine. She served many years as an assistant clinical professor of OBGYN at the Keck USC School of Medicine and currently serves as a consultative 
faculty member with the Fellowship in Integrative Medicine at the University of Arizona School of Medicine. Dr. Gersh has been awarded membership in the Medical Honor Society Alpha Omega Alpha, named the Outstanding Volunteer Faculty Member for the OBGYN Department at USC Keck School of Medicine, and identified as a Physician of Excellence for Orange County 16 years in a row. She has recently completed her first book, PCOS SOS, a gynecologist lifeline to naturally restore your rhythms, hormones, and happiness, which is now available for purchase on Amazon. We have that linked in the show notes. All right, without further ado, let's hear from Dr. Gersh. Dr. Gersh, thank you so much for coming on the Keto for Women show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, this will be a really, really great talk. I want to start by getting into a little bit more about you and how you got into the role that you're in now. So tell everyone listening a little bit about yourself. Well, I started out my career as a conventional OBGYN doctor. So I started my practice right after I finished my residency. And I did thousands over the years. I did thousands of deliveries and lots of surgeries. I was very high tech. I was assistant clinical professor at the University of Southern California School of Medicine, where I taught residents how to do surgery. So I was very, very into surgery, all the newest techniques and the newest equipment and doing deliveries. And that was my life for many, many years. But even then, I knew that there was more to helping women to be optimally healthy than just doing surgeries and deliveries and giving out things like birth control pills and and so forth. So even in the early stages of my career, I had what I called my ancillaries in my practice. So I had massage therapists, and I had psychologists and nutritionists and biofeedback. I had a Chinese medicine practitioner. So I had an array of people who did complementary type therapies for women. But I myself had no special training. But about a dozen years ago, it was my time to give up obstetrics. I had done 25 years and I really needed to get some sleep at night because I was disrupted with my sleep almost every single night with people in labor or running to the hospital. And I just had to stop. And when I did that, I had maybe more time and more sleep. And I suddenly just demanded that all the pharmaceutical reps that came through my office, and there were so many at that time, that they show me their original studies that they used in order to get their drugs approved. And as I looked through all the studies, and I saw that they barely deviated from placebo, and I saw the full array of side effects, and like the one that really resonated with me were some of the drugs for what was called overactive bladder. And if you took the drug, the average was one less visit to the bathroom in 24 hours. And I thought, for that benefit, you have to take a drug that could give you constipation and dementia. So I was oh my like, gosh. wait a minute. So I, I really had a profound sort of crisis in terms of what was my purpose, because I didn't want to just do end-stage disease care with surgery, you know, and also I lived through all the times when a lot of surgical devices I tried out and they were like scary, like meshes for vaginal prolapse and mm-hmm. morselators and the eschor for sterilization and all kinds of things that I saw problems with. And eventually most of the, I were all taken off the market and I complained to the manufacturers and nothing happened. It's like, wait a minute, 
there has to be a better way to help women be healthy. So I went on my personal journey. I took courses all over the country with naturopaths and integrative doctors and functional medicine doctors, but I had no plan, no strategy. And I was in Portland taking a course with naturopaths at one point. And there was one other MD in the room with me. And I went up to her and I said, Dr. Lodog, I'm so lost. I don't really have any mentors. I don't have a direction. And I don't feel like I have a real purpose anymore. And she said, well, in two weeks, the fellowship in integrative medicine will begin at the University of Arizona School of Medicine in Tucson. So after talking to you, I know you're qualified. Why don't you apply? And so I went home from Portland that night. I applied. And two weeks later, I was in Tucson, and I did the two-year fellowship, which I finished in 2012, and then I became one of the earliest board-certified doctors in integrative medicine. So I'm double-boarded in OBGYN and integrative medicine, and I've never looked back, and I've totally changed my career. I now work with naturopaths and fitness specialists, and and I'm doing a lot of mind-body medicine as well as herbals, but I still can do all the conventional things when necessary. So I haven't abandoned conventional medicine. I incorporate what I call my much more expanded therapeutic toolbox to help women to be optimally healthy. And that is such a powerful combination. You have all of these different resources that you can pull into your practice when you need to. So doing that and making that change to get into more of an integrative approach. Now, what kind of patients do you see? What people come to you because you do have those skills? I see, by and large, people who have given up on the conventional doctors who maybe they mean well, they're trying their best, but they don't know what to do for the patients. Mm -hmm. So we live in a very complex world now, very different from the world that humans evolved in. We have a world of chemical toxins that we're really bathed in, right? And Mm -hmm. with chemicals like plastics and heavy metals. And so it's a real challenge to the body. We have a lot of immune dysfunction, a lot of emotional problems, and reproductive problems in women are just skyrocketing. So, so many women have problems with their periods, irregular cycles, and cramps, fertility problems. And then when they're not actively trying to get pregnant, they go to the doctor and they're almost immediately, even when they're young teens, they're put on birth control pills. Mm -hmm. And this, of course, is not addressing the underlying problem because The menstrual cycle is a vital sign of female well-being. And so they're not addressing that. So I'm seeing patients who are realizing that their real underlying problems are not being addressed by the doctors. They often have complex uh, problems, a large array of symptoms. So they go to doctor after doctor because our conventional medical system is so focused on symptoms and organ systems. They don't see the total body as a whole. And the woman's body is so complex and the reproductive system is completely intertwined with the metabolic functions, which is really the force of life itself. Mm -hmm. And so they don't understand and they go doctor to doctor, they get an array of pharmaceuticals with lots of side effects, their underlying problems are not being addressed. And they just throw their hands up and say, I'm going to find another way, another path. And somehow they find me. So I have like, it's sort of like, you know, a journey that these women are taking to find their way out of the conventional world, which is not serving their needs at all. And they're, they're realizing that. And so most of my patients have tried a lot of things. They're pretty complex mm-hmm. and they're open to trying many new things. Like they're really open to lifestyle. They understand finally that 
there is no magic pill that will ever solve their problems, that we have to turn to food as medicine and looking at the toxins and their lifestyle, their sleep, their emotions. And so we have to pull all of the tools that we have to help these women to really regain their optimal health. And, and it's quite a journey. And I, I'm so happy when I see, I saw one patient this morning who has reversed her Hashimoto's. Her antibodies have gone totally into the normal range. She has no longer has joint pain. She has had an autoimmune arthritis and that has completely resolved. We had tested her gut and she had terrible overgrowth of bad bacteria. She wasn't producing the right metabolic products, the short chain fatty acids, and that was completely normal. And she was so happy. It's like, it just, I have my purpose back in life. So basically I see a lot of complex women who have searched and found me and now have really found a path, just like I found a path to being a functional and effective doctor, they're finding a path to getting their health back. Mm, that's so great. And with these women that have the complex cases, is there usually a hormonal dysfunction at play there? Always, because the estrogen I talk about as the master of metabolic homeostasis of the female body. And estrogen I talk about all the time because most doctors and patients alike, they don't understand what estrogen does in the female body and how challenged it is. So they think of estrogen about having menstrual cycles and pregnancy, but Estrogen has receptors and function virtually all over the body, in, in the vascular system, in the heart, in the brain, in the gut. It's hugely in the gut in terms of the lining cells that have estrogen receptors, the enteric nervous system. That's the nervous system that controls all the peristalsis, the, the whole area that they call the, the gut, the second brain. All of that has estrogen receptors. The immune cells, every immune cell in the body has an estrogen receptor. So you can go everywhere. The skin has estrogen receptors everywhere. And so we live in a world where we have destroyed our ability to make estrogen through endocrine disruptors and chemicals that are being given to women by doctors that are actually endocrine disruptors, like the contraceptive pills and a lot of the implantables and the IUDs are actually endocrine disruptors. And they're designed to actually alter normal women's rhythms and natural hormone production. And it's not recognized that these are intrinsic to being a healthy woman. Our rhythms are our life. And so, yes, it, everything that I do revolves around hormones. So I call like hormone estrogen is really at the top. So it's the master, but then it has all its friends. It's the troops. And that includes testosterone and progesterone and thyroid and oxytocin you know, all the hormones, cortisol, every hormone interrelates with estrogen in some manner. And for example, when you have improper functioning of estrogen, you will have improper functioning of thyroid because the rhythm of estrogen during the menstrual cycle upregulates the thyroid receptors. It upregulates the testosterone and progesterone receptors. So it's a beautiful web of interlinking between the hormones with estrogen being the master of them, of them all. Oh gosh, it's so important. And I really think it is something that not a lot of women are even aware of. You know, they know something's wrong. They know they don't feel right. But then from there, 
they're at a loss as to why and what their hormones are actually doing, why their periods aren't what they should be, why they're having extra pain around their cycles. And just being able even to just have that knowledge and to be able to see that and then understand why it even happened is so powerful for the female um, body to, to know and to be able to correct. So you mentioned that one of the reasons why you see a lot of this disruption in our hormones, and you've mentioned it a couple of times already, is through toxins and our toxic exposure. And that's really something that is relatively new for humans, right? And in this time that we're living in now, but it's really something that can take quite a toll on our bodies, right? Oh, absolutely. Every single human being in the U.S. has some level of bisphenol A, BPA. And it's, oh my gosh, I give lectures on that alone. It's, it, it really interferes with the production of estrogen, the elimination of testosterone. It's just amazing. It's so complex in how it involves the female body. But like phthalates, which are the chemical scents that are in all the colognes and the air fresheners, the, all the things, the conditioners and the body lotions that all sort of smell something, you know, they have a the scent that's, they're not, unless it says it's from like a real plant, those are all chemical scents. Those are called phthalates. And then vinyl, like plastic, the vinyl type of shower curtains, that's all phthalates. Mm. So we have, and that is tremendously impacting males. Their, their sperm counts are plummeting. So this is impacting women, it's impacting men. And then heavy metals like lead and mercury, cadmium, they're all endocrine disruptors as well. Then we have flame retardants, pesticides, herbicides. So it's like at every turn, there's something that turns out to be an endocrine disruptor. Most of them, or involving estrogen, but they can also involve other hormones as well, like thyroid and melatonin. And so, so it's a very complex thing. And endocrine disruptors can interfere with any aspect of the hormone. It's production, it's distribution, it's degradation, it's elimination. So it, it can impact in so many different ways, how the receptor functions. So there's so many different ways. And then on top of the endocrine disruptors, we have the circadian rhythm dysfunction because we're living in a world of constant light and we are always exposed to light in our homes at night and when we watch television or look on the computer, all that blue light. And that interferes with our hormone production as well. And we now know that when you have a disrupted circadian rhythm, which I had for all those years, I was doing all those deliveries at night, mm-hmm. then it actually changes our whole metabolic function and our reproductive function. So that's how linked we are to our beautiful rhythms. And kind of when you say that, I think some people are like, oh my gosh, I'm doing everything wrong. I'm exposed to all these chemicals and toxins and light all day and all night. What am I going to do? There's no hope for me. But it doesn't have to be this all or nothing thing. It's not like you have to completely change everything you're doing right now in order to achieve the results that you need, you can take it slow and and have this kind of more, just a little bit goes a long way approach with, with these changes, right? Absolutely. The human body is amazingly resilient and we have tested it, you know, a little beyond the limits, but 
you know, we do have capabilities. Our livers are so amazing. We can actually detoxify environmental toxins, but we have to do everything we can to support our detoxification pathways. We have to do what we can. You know, we're not moving to another planet. We can't, we don't have other options. Mm -hmm. So we have to control the things that are in our control. We all have choices that we can make. So you can get dimming of lights at night. Like for myself, I never allow myself more than maybe 45 minutes to 50 minutes of television watching earlier in the evening. And then I have the app on my computer and iPhone to shut down the blue light. You know, I change the color of the the light. I never do computers or my phone for at least an hour before I go to sleep. There are other things that you can do. Uh, For myself, I take a relaxing bath. I sometimes write in a journal. I talk to my husband. You know, so there are things that you can do that don't involve, you know, computers and I dim the lights. So everyone else can do this too. And I had to recover from massive circadian rhythm dysfunction and I'm living in the same world. I worked in a hospital for so many years, which are very toxic places. They're off-gassing all kinds of things from plastics and so on and, and fumes. And they do so many chemical disinfectants because they have to right to clean things and all those things off gas so if i can do it anybody can do it and we can buy organic food as much as possible our food supply has been so altered so i call it and i didn't make this up organic farm to table right you (laughs) skip the middleman what the heck do we need factory food right Mm -hmm. we have to be old-fashioned and try to do as much as we can from scratch so you buy food from the earth and then you cook it or you serve it as a salad you do what you need to and then you enjoy it you try to go to farmers markets as much as you can buy from local growers and do everything you can to have real food right that's so important and work on stress mind body medicine exercise fitness is an under-recognized critical part of health and in my office we do a fitness assessment and body composition because your state of fitness is actually more predictive of your longevity than is your blood pressure. And yet how many doctors are checking people's fitness status, right? So there's so much we can do. No one can be perfect, but we control what we can and we take steps to make the right choices. And that's really what you and I are trying to do, help the listeners to make the best choices they can using the resources that are available. Oh, so true. I love that you check fitness level in your clinic. That is amazing. And I don't know of anybody that's doing that, that I can think of offhand, but how important to know that from the start and be able to track changes and progress as you move along. I think it would really give people the kind of push they need to understand how important it is to their health and to make it a long-term lifestyle change, just seeing where they're starting and how they improve as they go. I think that's really cool. So kudos to you for that. Now, somewhere in this journey, you got really involved in the PCOS piece of the puzzle for women. I know there's a lot of women out there who are dealing with PCOS, a lot of which don't even know it yet. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved there. Well, yes, PCOS is the most common endocrine dysfunction of women. It's the most common cause of infertility, but it's involved in 
all the aspects of metabolic health of women. And I got started in it because I have it. And we know that happens so often in healthcare, yes. right? A doctor or has it him or herself or a family member. So I ended up self-diagnosing myself mm. with PCOS when I was already late medical school, I was starting to think about it. And then into my residency, it's like, wait a minute, I have PCOS. And it didn't occur to any of the doctors that I saw. And because I was what was called the lean PCOS. So I was in the 20% that had a a normal body mass, because 80% are overweight and obese. And that's a huge problem for women with PCOS. And it's not their fault, which I explained, it's a real metabolic dysfunction. But I was fortunate that I didn't have that part, but I had every other part. I had some insulin resistance. I had the androgen excess. I fought cystic acne for so much of my life. I thought I'm going to be 80 years old and I'm going to still say, there's my pimples. I mean, it's like, oh my goodness. And I had some hair thinning and I had fertility problems. So my first pregnancy, I had to use fertility drugs and I still didn't have, and it's like, wait a minute, I have PCOS. And then I saw when I went into practice, I had a very small population of women with PCOS, but over the years, it was growing and growing. It's like, what's happening? So many women now have PCOS and they come from other doctors and nobody made the diagnosis. And then I looked at the treatments and the treatments are the same pretty much for decades. The primary treatment is birth control pills, Mm -hmm. which is not a suitable treatment for women with PCOS because birth control pills increase some of the very problems that women with PCOS are suffering from, like potential for blood clots and hypertension and insulin resistance, diabetes. Like, so this doesn't make any sense. And of course, it's not getting to the underlying issues and root causes of PCOS, not a bit. And then they give metformin. And sometimes metformin can be useful. But when they did studies with pre-diabetics and diabetics and metformin, they found that lifestyle fitness exercise beat metformin out by a landslide. Mm. So if we know that lifestyle beats metformin in diabetics and pre-diabetics, why would that not be the case for women with PCOS? So I try to avoid that as much as I can and gone a different way with treating my patients with PCOS. And understanding now by combing all the research from around the world, because very little of the research is coming out of the U.S. It's very sad. The amount of research dollars going into PCOS in the U.S. is declining Mm. as the problem is rising. So we have a real problem there. And almost all the research is on fertility, which is certainly significant, but this is a lifelong problem that goes far beyond fertility into metabolic health and the potential for longevity and overall quality of life. So it's a problem that is growing, has not been addressed by the conventional medical world in a way that I think is appropriate. Patients are underdiagnosed, often taking years and many doctors before they get the right diagnosis, suffering from all these problems. The the list of problems that women with PCOS face is a mile long. And so I felt it was time. So this is my first book. It's a labor of love that I wrote with my oldest daughter, who also is is a very strong genetic component. And she also has dealt with PCOS. We both had giant babies. And so together we, we wrote our first book together, PCOS SOS, a gynecologist lifeline to naturally restore 
your rhythms, hormones, and happiness. And we're really so happy. We've gotten so much positive response from people all over the world sending me emails and telling me about their journey and how they finally have renewed hope because that's so key. Women with PCOS, they suffer so much and they often have no hope. And we do have hope. There's so much hope. It it sounds so hopeless when you describe all the problems, but when you realize that there are solutions, real solutions, then suddenly hope, you know, comes back and hope blooms and, and women can be happy and regain their lives. Right. And even just knowing they don't have to necessarily be on these medications or birth control their whole life, that there are other options that they can do with their lifestyle and their diet and their exercise to get through this and move forward is also a huge relief, I think, for a lot of women. So two questions that come from that. Why is it not diagnosed very well? And why is it growing so fast? Two great questions. Well, in terms of the diagnosis, sometimes I scratch my head about that as well. Mm-hmm. But part of it is because it evolves to in- include almost every organ system of the female body because it's foundationally a condition of estrogen deficiency. So we mentioned that estrogen is the master of metabolic homeostasis. Metabolism is the creation, distribution of energy. So it's the life force. So women with PCOS have problems in creating energy and their estrogen is low because they don't have the ability to convert testosterone properly in inadequate amounts into estrogen in the ovaries and due to endocrine disruptor exposures when they were probably in utero, when they're a fetus, their estrogen receptors are not functioning properly. So it's sort of a combined problem. So they end up with this excessive amount of testosterone, which creates a lot of havoc and creates more troubles. So we understand now some of the reasons, but what's happened because it's so body wide. So women with PCOS can present with anxiety or depression. They can present with GI problems like irritable bowel syndrome. They have higher rates of Hashimoto's thyroiditis. They have more arthritis pain. They have skin problems and hair problems with resistant to treat cystic acne that's very common. And loss of hair, we call it androgenic alopecia, where they have like a thinning of their hair, somewhat analogous to male pattern baldness. And so they have metabolic problems. They're prone to insulin resistance and higher rates of diabetes, much, much higher by the age of 40 than the average population, hypertension, and high lipids. So with all these different potential symptoms, They also have sleep problems and more insomnia. They have more sleep apnea. So with this whole array of symptoms, they could end up in one of many different types of doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. And that doctor usually has blinders on. So they're really going after the symptom that they say, what's your presenting symptom? And then they deal with that. So they're not looking at the total woman and putting it all together. And they only ask, like, what is your symptom that brought you to see me? And they're not asking about all the other symptoms. So I think it's really an endemic problem with our medical system that doctors who are specialists are really focused on such a narrow piece of the person that they sometimes miss the whole thing. You know, like they talk about like the elephant and you're only feeling one little bit and you don't realize it's an elephant you know you just Mm -hmm. think it's a tusk or it's this and so the total woman with the PCOS is really being missed and often when it is diagnosed is when they can't get pregnant and they go to a reproductive endocrinologist to get in vitro fertilization and they're told for the first time in their lives oh by the way you have 
you have PCOS. And they say, what? And then, you know, and they've been going to all these doctors and that's the person who gives them the diagnosis. And in terms of why it's increasing, it's once again, it's the endocrine disruptors that are in utero affecting the development of the receptors. So it turns out that PCOS has been around since the beginning of time, probably for humans. And it was very mild and it was probably a survival advantage because they had just a mild difficulty of converting estrogen from testosterone. So they ended up with a little higher level of testosterone and they were a little bit less fertile. But because they had a little higher level of testosterone, not enough to really be impactful in any negative way, but they actually were stronger, braver, bolder. In fact, they've done studies of women who are the gold medalists in the Olympics, and there's a very high percentage who have PCOS. Mm. So they are like, in some ways, wonder women. But in our current environment, with the processed food, the chemical foods, the nutrient deficient foods, and so forth, and not eating enough real food, they're not, women become nutrient deficient, and they become inflamed with leaky gut. We now know women with PCOS have leaky gut. That's been proven through research out of China and other places now. And this creates a higher level of inflammation. And so it just sort of feeds on all the intrinsic issues that women with PCOS have and magnify them like a thousandfold. So it's really our lifestyles with the chronic light, the electromagnetic radiation, the altered diets, what we call SAD, the standard American diet, and the endocrine disruptors. It's like a, a total grand, you know, perfect storm that comes together to magnify all the symptoms of women with PCOS to really becoming at a crisis level. Mm-hmm, gotcha. And so we've heard a lot, especially in the keto community, that PCOS has a direct correlation with blood sugar. And many women with PCOS are, in fact, insulin resistant. Is this something you find to be true? Absolutely. In fact, that's almost a universal for women with PCOS is that they have insulin resistance. And the reason is that they tend to be highly inflamed because of their leaky gut and their the immune cells all have estrogen receptors and they're not working quite normally. So they have a lower threshold to release their inflammatory contents. So it takes a lesser stimulus to create more inflammation in women with PCOS. High inflammation creates insulin resistance, and so that's a big part of it. And estrogen is very important as well for the proper function of the cells and insulin transport. So there's what we call the GLUT, the glucose transport system, and that is also estrogen regulated. So it's once again, it's a complex array of factors that go into play that creates insulin resistance in the vast majority of women with PCOS. So then when we start talking about treatment for these women, obviously diet plays a huge role. Oh, it is actually one of the cornerstones. So women with PCOS are basically living a life of jet lag because estrogen helps to control the master clock, which sets the the beat for our daily 24-hour rhythm, which is a circadian rhythm. So Diet is so huge in two ways. One, it's what you eat. Of course, it's also what you don't eat. Mm-hmm. So it's what you eat. And then it's also when you eat, because timing is critical for when women with PCOS eat. So it's what they eat, what they don't eat, and when they eat. Mm, so true. Before we get any further into this episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our newest Keto for Women sponsor, Chomps. 
I am so obsessed with Chomps right now. They have been absolutely saving our lives over these past few months when we haven't had a kitchen to cook in. Good quality protein is by far the hardest thing to eat conveniently without a kitchen or if you're on the go at the office. It's just hard to find something to take along with you. Except now, Chomps is taking care of all of that for us. Chomps are high-quality meat snack sticks without any added junk. They are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished, nitrate-free, non-GMO certified, Whole30 approved, and super delicious. The hardest part I have found with finding meat snacks is the added sugar that most companies put in these snacks, but not with Chomps. Most flavors have no sugar at all and between zero and one gram of carbs. The perfect on-the-go snack for us keto for womeners or sometimes as dinner if you're like me and have no kitchen. I also keep several stashed at my desk at all times just in case I get hungry. It's the perfect little pick-me-up in the middle of the day. Chomps has lots of different flavors and even come in turkey and venison varieties if you want a little something special. This is the only venison meat snack that I like. I actually love the Chomps venison, although my favorite is one of their new flavors they just added, the Italian-style beef and sea salt beef. The Italian is my absolute favorite. It tastes like pepperoni and really hits the spot. They also have the cranberry beef, which is a close second favorite of mine. You've got to try them all. Right now, Chomps is giving listeners of the Keto for Women show a super special deal. When you use the code KETO, the number four women, over on their website, chomps.com, you'll get 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. That is an incredible deal that they do not give just anybody. So you're going to want to take advantage of being a Keto for Women listener over on chomps.com. Now's the time to stock up on all of your favorite chomps. If you're new to chomps and not sure which ones are your favorites yet, I'd recommend getting the eight pack. It is one of every single flavor they have. So you can try them all and you'll know which one your favorite is. How fun is that? Remember, use the code KETO, the number four women at chomps.com to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. Chomps.com coupon code KETO for women. You have found in your practice what is you call intermittent ketosis, and that seems to be something that works for these women and probably for other women even beyond PCOS. So tell us a little bit about how that works. Oh, absolutely. So we evolved during a time in ancient times, you know, when food was certainly scarce and precious and it wasn't like it is today where, you know, you can't get away from food most (laughs) of the time. So humans evolved to survive and they had to live in a world where food was sometimes not available. So it turns out that these incredible intrinsic mechanisms in the body that only become activated when you go into a multi-day fast. So at least three days now. So what I use in my practice is the fasting mimicking diet because telling people to do a water fast, you're going to get low compliance. And that's just the reality. It's very hard. Now, for people who are capable of doing four days with just water, that's okay. That's great. But for those of us who just can't seem to manage that, then you can do the fasting mimicking diet, which 
spawn when became a company that makes a food that they call prolon that actually is what they call the fasting mimicking diet because it gives you the benefits of fasting while you still get to eat some food for five days you get the benefits as if you had water fasted for four and this creates this amazing array of benefits in the body so you end up killing off crappy cells that may maybe could turn into cancer or they're just yucky old senescent cells so a lot of cells die off but down the road like after you've been fasting for three days four days you actually stimulate your stem cells to start regrowing the cells that were killed off so you repopulate your organs with new fresh cells and you actually increase your stem cell pool that you can pull from in the future so it's like amazing that you increase your stem cells and you actually kill off bad cells and then grow new cells to replace them. It's been shown to reduce fatty liver, which is so epidemic in every group of people. It's like huge. So some people estimate one third of Americans now have fatty liver, but women with PCOS have very high rates of fatty liver and there's no treatment. That's why people don't hear about it, but it's hugely a problem. You have an inflamed liver full of fat and it spews out glucose and fat and cholesterol it's a very in an uncontrolled fashion so this is amazing for helping to reduce fatty liver as well it takes good cells in the body and they regenerate internally their own organelles so it's sort of like internal housekeeping and it's called autophagy so basically you have the cellular membranes and things inside the cell the, the little organs in the cell and they get broken down into their components like fatty acids and amino acids, and then they're reconfigured. So it's like revamping all your cells. So that's amazing. So they all work better. They can live longer. And then you increase brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is a grain growth factor, which makes you calmer and happier and smarter. You like I always feel on day five of my fasting mimicking diet that I can beat anyone in chess and I don't even play chess. So, <laughs> you know, I just feel like I just feel smart. And mm-hmm. and you know, it sort of dims down a little bit, but then you know, it's like you keep going up and then you go down a little bit, but you keep like plateauing at a higher level after, you know, so it makes you smarter. And they're doing so much research now with with the fasting, mimicking diet and fasting, looking at its potential role in autoimmune disease and and dementia, and of course, all the metabolic issues, like, you know, diabetes and hypertension, all the metabolic syndrome issues. And I am so excited to be part of that world and to be incorporating this in the treatments of the vast majority of my patients. And I'm seeing amazing results. Of course, people lose weight. And that's, I don't run a weight loss clinic. I tell people, we're going to work on your health. The weight will come off, you know, the fat will come off as a side benefit. And in fact, when you do fasting mimicking diets, they've shown that you lose visceral fat, you know, that horrible inflammatory fat, but yet you maintain your lean body mass, which is so important because a lot of people go on crazy diets and they don't realize it because they're not monitoring their body composition, that they're losing some of their lean body mass, like their muscle. I mean, oh my gosh, the last thing you want to lose is your muscle because that's metabolically active tissue. It's so hard to replace it. And so it's so important to know that when you are losing weight, you're losing the bad fat, not your good stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so when you're not doing the fast, then do you recommend kind of like a high fat, low carb approach on those days you are eating? 
So I'm a plant-based kind of a, of a diet person. So I love plant fats. So I do advocate for lots of seeds and nuts. I love, you know, the high fat nuts. I tell people if you must snack because I'm into time restricted eating on the days that they're not doing their fasting. So I like people to have a good sized breakfast and I prefer they skip lunch, but if they have to have lunch, I want them to eat something fat, okay? That I want to keep their insulin down, right? We don't want to have spikes of, of sugar and insulin. We know that now that keeping your insulin steady and low, I mean, healthy low, I don't mean like subnormal, but you know, healthy low and steady throughout the day is so important for health. And we, when people eat foods that jump up their glucose and then they jump up their insulin, they can have spikes of insulin and sugar on and off all day long. And their average, which is the hemoglobin A1C may actually look okay, but that's not okay when it's really the average of a lot of spikes, right? Up and down, up and down. And that actually is bad for the brain. It's bad for neurological tissue. It's bad for the cardiovascular system, for artery health. So I want to keep my insulin steady and low. So that does mean I have to have a lot of fat in the diet, you know, and so I do advocate for a lot of plant-based fats. So for snacks, if they have to snack, I like the fattier nuts and seeds and olives. I'm a big olive fan and I love avocado. So those are really great. And I like you know, organic plants. So, you know, I, I say eat all the plants you want. So I don't have any restrictions on plants. Nobody got diabetes because they ate too many <laughs> vegetables, you know, and also fruit. I mean, I always have to defend fruit. So I say, don't be afraid of fruit. You know, I like all fruit should be combined at a meal. I don't want fruit being as a snack because mm -hmm. that could elevate your, your blood sugar and your insulin. But if you incorporate fruit at a meal, if you eat one fruit with each meal, you are fine, okay? The people are so afraid of the wrong things. Don't yeah. be afraid of fruit. You know, organic fruit is your friend. It is full of polyphenols and antioxidants and fiber. So I incorporate fruit and vegetables and nuts and seeds. And I follow what I call a sustainability diet. And sustainability is for the planet and for the individual. And that means I try to limit animal protein and of course, this is varied depending on the individual, you know, because there are special needs people, the elderly or the frail, it's a different story. We'll say for the average person to about three ounces of animal protein a day. Now, when people want to cook, if they want to, you know, like cook in bacon fat or lard, I don't have a problem with that because that can tolerate high temperatures, mm -hmm. you know, and so I don't have a problem. I'm not afraid of of animal fat from a healthy animal, but I, I like if they're going to use it to use it sparingly. Right. But I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd like to think of myself as a balanced vegan. I'm not vegan. I like to have some animal in there. In fact, there's studies that show that if you don't have any saturated fat in your diet, you will be depressed. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, saturated fat is necessary. It's all about balance. So we definitely need some saturated fat. And it breaks my heart when people just won't get away from being a pure vegan, you know, because, and I have a lot of family members who are vegans and I keep trying to say, please eat some animal-based saturated fat. That's how humans evolved, you know? We are omnivores, you know? Mm -hmm. But, so I try to take a very 
middle ground of recognizing the impact on the planet of all the confined animal feedlots and so forth mm-hmm. and and trying to get people to eat small amounts of free range grass fed pastured and so on yeah so we are all about the high quality meats here on keto for women that is just a huge huge issue that we really need to take into more account so i definitely promote that and i'm also very happy that you said that about fruit because Somehow, somewhere, now fruit has been demonized as being a bad food, and I don't understand. I know. <laughs> I just, like, nobody got diabetes because they ate one too many mango. It's not, I mean, yeah. and like they say, you know, papaya, mango, they're amazing fruits. I mean, all the tropical fruits are good. I mean, mm-hmm. pomegranates, you know, it's like they, somehow one fruit sort of gets like put on a pedestal, you know, yeah. and then all the others get denigrated. But they're all wonderful. And variety is the spice of life. I love cliches because they're almost always really true, right? So we want to eat the color of the rainbow. We want to have lots of variety because all those magical polyphenols do wonderful things for our body in so many ways. And they actually help to create a healthy gut microbiome, which in my PCOS patients is such a focus. We've got to get rid of that leaky gut. We've got to stem the flow of these endotoxins out into the body, which is creating all that chronic systemic inflammation. So nurturing the gut microbiome with the right food at the right time is critical to helping my patients with PCOS, but not just PCOS, because I talk about PCOS is just sort of like the grand epitome of problems, you know, Mm -hmm. that every woman, no matter whether she has PCOS or not, will benefit from all the same advice. Right, right, exactly. One last thing I want to pick your brain on before I let you go is this idea of just stress and adrenal dysfunction that is so common in women today, but also a root cause of a lot of hormonal issues, issues we see. And I don't think that PCOS is exempt from that. So what do you see commonly in your practice and how, how do you kind of guide women into de-stressing themselves? Oh my gosh. So you're absolutely right. I incorporate mind-body medicine hundred percent. The emotions a person experiences will shape the physical world of their body. Absolutely. And we all know that you can create chest pain just by putting the seed of the thought in the person's mind that you are taking something that's going to hurt your your heart. Mm -hmm. So our minds are so powerful, both for creating problems and for resolving problems. So for myself, I recommend, and for for, this is what I do myself and for my patients, to find what they are actually going to do. So I can recommend meditation till the cows come home, but if they're not going to take a course, they're not going to do it, then what's the point? So I always say, you know, what's your commitment? What do you want to try? So for even people who say, I have no time, I don't want to take a course, I don't want to learn anything, I do guided imagery. So guided imagery, is, and you can, they're very inexpensive, you can download them from, you know, from websites, and I recommend a couple to my patients. And so guided imagery is like a guided meditation into a hypnotic state and you don't have to know anything all you do is listen and use your imagination a beautiful voice and lovely music is playing and it tells you 
what to do in your mind. So it's like a mind journey to a beautiful, relaxing place. And it tells you what, what you should be doing with your mind. Whereas sometimes with meditation, people can't clear their mind and then they feel stressed about, I can't do meditation. It's too hard. And so, although like the most research is on transcendental meditation and, and the incredible benefits, but if people are willing to do that, I definitely love all the mindfulness meditation and the transcendental meditation. But if they're just not going to put in the time, then I say guided imagery is the way to go. And there are so many other routes to calming the brain. And I use a lot of essential oils. I love essential oils. Bergamot and lavender are like key, but there's so many more, you know, frankincense and rose and and vanilla, you know, there's so many essential oils that can, the olfactory system of the body is so linked to the limbic system, which is all about mood and emotion. And we can actually calm people just through sense. And that's been proven. Massage is another wonderful tool. And we use a lot of craniosacral. So massaging the head and the neck has actually been shown to create calming in a beautiful way. So walking in nature Looking at flowers and trees and, and beautiful, you know, depending on where you are, seaside or mountains or, or just the clouds can be amazing to help people calm and repair their adrenal axis and really help their adrenals to function the way they should. Uh, so, so important. You just shared so much great information. I could talk to you all day, but we are out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> Tell people a little bit more about the book, about where they can find you and your work. You have a ton of really great articles too on your website. I just could get lost in all of your articles just there. So Um, tell people a little bit about that. Sure. So I am an old-fashioned doctor. I have a brick-and-mortar practice located in sunny Southern California in Irvine, California. Oh, cool. It's called the Integrative Medical Group of Irvine, where I see patients all day long, most days of the week. And my book is PCOS SOS, a gynecologist's lifeline to naturally restore your rhythms, hormones, and happiness. And it's available online at like barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. So it's, it's readily available. And I hope that even people who don't have PCOS will read it because the advice is universal for, for women at, at every stage of life. It actually is very appropriate for menopausal women as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I travel the world, I lecture, and I try to do wonderful things like podcasts so that I can create a real legacy of good for all the women out there because I love working with my patients in my office and I hope anyone listening out there who needs a real hands-on doctor would come and see me. I have people travel from far and we help them to get things going, you know, by seeing them here. But if you can't, you know, to try to follow me on my website is I have my branded website is FeliceLGershMD.com and my office website is IntegrativeMGI.com. And I also have an Instagram, which I'm going to try to get to get going more educational <laughs> videos, which I've, I've posted a lot, but I'm going to try to do more education on my, on my Instagram. Oh, so cool. Yeah. You're doing great, great things. Definitely leaving a legacy of helpful information that women desperately need these days. So thank you so much for your work. And thank you so much for being here today, sharing it with us. Thank you for inviting me and I wish you all the best and all I just am so proud of all you're doing, Sean. Oh, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. You bet. 